So I, I played that whole lot of choppers for you last week, Sada Baby. We jammed out to that. It was pretty good. I was thinking about making this my new intro jam for the week, but I think I'll just play it now. Keep this streak of fire, goofy songs coming for y'all. This one's by YNJ, guys. Album's called Coochie Land. Song is called Coochie Land. You'll find that out. <clears throat> DJ Dev Demolino in the motherfucking building. Dropping hits. Set a coochie trend. I got six hoes on the floor. I need a coochie plan. I know I'm finna get the cat. I ain't my coochie dance. Oh, you ain't got nowhere to take him. Come to coochie land. How are you doing today? I'm the coochie man. I just pulled up with ten hoes in the Dooney van. Zeke and Lou sitting in the spot trying to move some grams. Nigga told me I can't fuck his bitch. I bet Louie can. Oh, you got some dog shit. You the dookie man. Niggas waiting on the unemployment. I just blew some bands. I'm finna start a record label. Feel like Gucci man. Young fly nigga with a K. I feel like Lucci man. I was young banging bootleg like the movie man they family did it first opened up the gate i closed my eyes said my prayer nigga stole my plate nigga died drowned in the water trying to hold my weight damn son where'd you find this coochie man let a cat i don't dog my bitches get the pass and no hoes i don't hog my bitches i don't mean no disrespect that's what i call my women all my bitches love me i love all my bitches all right bro it sounded like one of those freestyles that uh that eric does Eric the Young God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the pimped out, slicked out thug raps, old guy thug raps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pimp Daddy Eric. Pimp Daddy Eric. That's right. Pimp Daddy Eric. Yeah, those are very fire. He would make some shit like that. There's other Coochie related songs on here like Coochie Scout and Coochie Man. <laughs> and then there's one song called Thitty Man. <laughs> so uh yeah go get that YNJ coochie land that's out now uh shout out to YNJ shout out to Sada baby all right man let's get right down to it bro this is a music episode I'm just gonna go down the playlist pretty much bro and we're gonna talk about one album and then a two-pack and then another album and then another two-pack and a single here and an EP there and it's like Gonna be that type of week. You're popping. I feel you on. It was a pretty good week, like overall, between singles, between albums, between everything that came out. It's good variety. That's something that we should add to, like our end of the year stuff. Was like, what was the best week of music this year? Mm, absolutely. And that'd be fun to like look back on. I know, like Injury Reserve and Tyler was like a good week. That was really early. That was last year. But, like. Was that last year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was last year. Oh, yeah. What came out? Oh. Didn't Descendants of Kane and something cool come out this year? Descendants of Kane and um, 
Well, Innocent Country came out, I think, that same week. Hmm. Or maybe the week before, honestly. I think it was like a series of weeks where it was like Innocent Country 2, Ka, and then um, Silk Money all kind of came in. All were very right. fire. Uh, anyway, we'd have to like look back on the stats, but that'd be a fun thing to add to the end of the year stuff. Yeah, I would love that. Maybe we could do like, um, maybe we could compare, compare, could compare the months at least. And then yeah. maybe there is a couple weeks that, that stood out. I remember I said recently I was going to start um, keeping songs like two weeks at a time on the playlist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to do that shit no more. Um, Word. <laughs> I think it just I don't like how long the playlists are at that point. Mm -hmm. But the reason I won't continue to do it is because I realize I keep all new music monday instagram stories in separate highlights on my page for a reason so when i'm trying to think of well what came out albums wise or singles wise uh in june i can go to like all those months there pretty much see everything that I was right highlighting at least you know i don't put everything up there but um you see the most important shit usually so i'm gonna the playlist one week at a time. I think it rocks best that way. Uh, check out those Instagram stories if you want. It's literally like two years old almost at this point. Year and a half, sorry. Something like that. All right, we good. Oh. I sound right. Um, we'll play the music again. It shouldn't have the same problem. I think when you switch Sorry. audio input while you've already started recording, I think that gives... I think that gave me problems afterwards, so mm. just need to restart audition. You know, it gets a little funky sometimes. <laughs> Guess what today is? You already know what today is. <laughs> We've done this before, Trent. We've been like here. Vu or something. Like mm. that movie Looper. Happy birthday, Pierre Born! Yes, it's the Sauce Master's birthday. Happy birthday, Pierre Born. Low key genius. Hopefully that TLOP5 might be coming in the fourth quarter. We don't know. Maybe 2021. I don't know. He drops snippets all the time, though, man. He's been feeding, he's been feeding the fan pages like crazy. <laughs> On a much fucking sadder note, though, rest in peace, Ruth Gator Bins. Fuck. You Ruth did it. You Bader did it. Ginsburg. I can't even respect her enough to get her goddamn name right. On my podcast. Oh. R.I.P. R.I.P. Big R.I.P. Big blow to the democracy of... Well, the supposed democracy of America. Yeah, I was about to say. Let's throw up those air quotes. If, if you don't know why one person in politics dying is such a big fucking deal, then, you know, enlighten yourself, find out. Politics is pretty crazy how... um. 
swapping one person out for one other person's job can change the entire country. Uh, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, Trent, how you doing, bro? Uh, I mean, we can grieve outside again, so. This is true. I'm like, I'm like, shit, I don't know. It's probably the best thing that's happened all year. Right. <laughs> that we can go outside again. Yeah. I, I'm with you there, bro. If you're, if you're one of us, if you're on this side of the country, you're one of them Portlandians or, you know, even y'all, y'all like our San Francisco people or, uh, you know, just West Coast Seattle, cities in general. Seattleites. Seattleites. Yeah. yeah, it was tough out here for us. The coastal cities were all fucked up. I mean, some places are straight up gone, like yeah. certain areas of property and shit like that. That's terrible. Um, and then but, uh, uh, yeah, yesterday, a freaking, or last night, a magnitude 4.6 earthquake hit, like, the L.A. area. So, like, just the world is just... They're mad at the world is mad at us, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Pretty upset. Feels 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 sad having to be the first generation to really come to grips with the uh, effects of climate change. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So it's it's wild out there, man. It's it's not exactly slowing down. Um, uh, we probably expect life to reach a fever pitch around this, this election, but this is not a political podcast. So let's, let's fade that. Let's fall back, man. Let's stay in our lane. Let's shut up and dribble. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So I told Trent, I want to get right down. Wait, to wait, 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 hold on, hold on. What's up? One more political thing. Yeah, no, let's get back on it. I'm with it. Fuck Mitch McConnell. All my homies hate Mitch McConnell. Oh, all my mama, everybody I know, <laughs> hates Mitch McConnell. Uh, we've probably talked about, like, donating and stuff on the podcast before. Yo, we got beat Mitch McConnell, bro. <laughs> mm. Like, I can't, I can't stress the urgency now that RBG is gone. We gotta fucking beat Mitch McConnell, <laughs> or else everything's fucked. No cap. Politics no cap. is made up of so many of these little battles that go on. Yeah. Sometimes in public, sometimes very behind the scenes. And I think when people think about politics, they think about it as one giant, big, moving machine, and they just think about one party versus another, or one politician versus right. another. But there are a lot of these very little battles that go on that decide the fate of the universe. And so yep. that's what I mean when I say stay vigilant, stay tuned in, stay understanding of, you know, what's, what's being played out in front of you. Because there's a lot of things that we can't control that go on behind the scenes. But what you're saying right here is something that we definitely should be high alert about and giving our attention to. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause if, I mean, every, everything that moves on, that happens from here to the next month or two months, sorry, to the election is super high leverage, right? Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Like the time so is so much now. can be, so much can be decided in the next two months that, that will affect everything for the next four years, regardless of who's president. So like these two months, especially now that Ruth is gone are like 
fucking red alert. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like if you if you don't care if you don't if you have like the ability the privilege to not like care about politics, like I very strongly urge you to 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 stop being a, one stop being a douchebag and two <laughs> start giving a fuck and paying attention because it's gonna affect not just you probably will affect you but regardless of who you are but everyone you like everyone we talk about on the pod everyone that we've had on the pod. It's gonna, it's gonna really fuck some shit up if we don't <laughs> pay mm. attention. I, we'll try to get in and out of this quick, even though we're opening up a can of worms. But I know so, I'm sorry. So, something <laughs> that I was thinking about. Well, now I want to take it like another quick direction. Is you know I'm still really trying to understand, come to terms with, and digest the notion that the electoral system is not the means of or to the end that you and I envision. Right. Right. That's something that has to be deconstructed, undone, ref- completely reformatted or whatever. I don't know exactly yet, but I know that um, it just provides us with it, it. Getting ahead of myself. It's not the way it's not the way we understand no. that. We think it's, it's, it's bullshit. Um, so I understand that this particular election though, I got to say to anybody that's out there that um, listens to this podcast that is potentially, like you said, considering like not voting or, you know, disengaging themselves from this particular political race. Don't know if I'll convince you, but I do think while harm reduction is like really not so much the case here and both choices here are sort of these false choices and and can you know collectively achieve similar amounts of damage i do think the the political body mm-hmm. is really hard to move and adjust and change and it's all about building progress continual progress and 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 momentum for certain things to take place so um right well i I don't know i think it was you who posted it somebody posted something about like look like leftist like leftist ideals and like values and stuff while they're like clearly at least clearly to me and you the like the right path the right way to go the fact of the matter is that me and you in an in in relative terms are pretty lucky to have the time to actually and the and the resources to actually know mm-hmm. what it is that yeah. le- the left is actually fighting for yeah whereas most of the working class most of the people who have to vote like who, who's only like chance to have an impact politically is voting they that working class doesn't have the same resources or time available to them to like study the things that we see they don't even have like some people don't even have the time to go on instagram for like an hour and read an article that our friend has posted Mm -hmm. so while we might be arguing for a certain ideal a certain way of life that's far left the fact of the matter is the next four years are going to be very formative regardless of if we get to that point where we're you know de-establishing 
the electoral system or not, the next four years, the door, the, it's, it's like a series of doors. Like you have to open one door to get into the room where you can make that change. Mm-hmm. And this particular door is this election because if we don't open the door and vote blue, which, you know, I hate, I never once <laughs> like advocated for right. Biden. Like right. I don't fucking like the guy. Neither of us do. But if we don't vote that way, that door is just staying shut. We're not even cracking that door open. Yeah. In fact, that door is probably being sealed shut because the next four years is going to determine a lot Yeah. for the next 20 years. Because for Trump, it would be his second set of four years. You know, there's already things that like he can just continue so much momentum with what he's doing. While I think with a Biden in office there he's going to be trying to undo certain things at the same time that we need to remain vigilant in making demands from a person who is not like to the point of trump literally it doesn't matter whether it's obvious or not i'm trying to rig this or do this illegal thing or do this completely unethical thing like that's the point of where we're getting now i do somewhat start to understand like this blue pill idea that or red pill idea that uh trump is you know like if 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 we were in another four years of a trump presidency like um maybe that's more the route towards an actual revolution because it's right. gonna start getting to some fucking dystopian sci-fi shit if that's yeah, the you case force the hand enough but and, like yeah so i mean i'm not saying but, i have the answers a- but it feels like to me like it's post this election when the conversation about undoing the electoral system needs right. to place. Yeah, I mean like the the logic is kind of there for that idea that like yeah, if you force your hand enough in a certain direction then eventually tides will turn. But the thing is it's not that that's the the misconception is that like it can't be done like just by organizing like if Biden wins, we can still achieve that goal. We just have to keep the pressure on. We don't need to be like, if the collective mass of people who care enough, just keep putting pressure on, Right. regardless of who's in office, things will change. Like, I, <laughs> that's the thing is like, people underestimate the like power of an organ, a, a, a strategically organized movement. Mm-hmm. And then as for our Portland people, you know, I think it's kind of funny because it does feel like doing anything other than voting red or voting blue is throwing away your vote. But I know we're, you know, we're on the right in Teresa Reifert train. We're there. We sympathize with that movement. You know, these local elections, I think, you know, the momentum can can change more quickly. Right. Um, And I think. Another unique thing about Portland is right now we are having such a critical conversation about policing and the police state that we live in and that we're protesting in and the violence that's happening to people all across the country, like death, right? Death to black people, black bodies at the hands of the police state. And I think in particular in Portland, I think it's really important. I think it's I think it could be potentially really important to have a political force, a mayor in that position who 
was also a victim of the very same issue right. that's at the core of our entire country right now. I understand that, you know, she may not be the most well-equipped for, like, other facets of the job, but the soul of our city is still not right, has not reconciled itself with the sort of original issues which would cause this person to go through what they go went through at one time and then their decision to become a a, a politician if you right. will not really but um you know i think it's a different story and i think it's important that even if it, it if it does not happen that there is proof that there is a movement that can happen for people like that in this city right. that's all no yeah i'm with you <clears throat> yeah that that right in like they're the the local election is, you know, perhaps the most power that the average person has politically, because what you say during a local election, what you vote for, who you, what ballots measures you vote for, like you are, you are directly contributing to something at that moment. Yeah. And, you know, a, a huge president presidential election, you know, it still has to go through the electoral college. You really don't have as much of a vote as, as you do locally. So, I mean, you know, vote, vote, vote period, but at the very least vote locally. Yeah. Because that shit can really affect you and your community and your neighbors directly and quickly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if it's Ted back in office again, look, bro, he's getting his ass beat by yeah. this city. Like in so many ways, it's not even funny. You know, like I, I think it matters. Or I guess I'm just saying like, you know, <laughs> like change is on the horizon. Like people are already right. making the inroads towards this particular, you know, mayor to um change some things you know and it's it's getting unavoidable in a lot of ways so i'm not saying that uh you know we still can't you know make change with him in place i mean <clears throat> right that's what i mean is like it's not just your mayor like it's not just your like your political leaders that you need to vote for you need to vote for everything that happens in your community yeah so that's the shit that really changes shit. Anyway. Yeah. That's our political endorsement right into Ressa Ryford and uh, vote for Joe Biden, I guess, in the oh, upcoming general election. But you All know right. what, Trent? Let's shut up and dribble. OK. We're yeah. Shut yeah, up yeah. and dribble. And we're going to we're going to get through this playlist of songs, albums, EPs, two packs, man. We got fucking everything in here. Some shit, you know, some shit you might not. So, I'm going to start us off with some low-key heat I've been, like, posting on Instagram for the past few days. And I'm back telling you to listen to Tia Corinne. Tia Corinne, 34 Corinne, 34 Corinne. I don't know how to say her name. Bad beats. Kind of raunchy. Super wavy. 
I'm pretty sure it's Tia Karen. I don't know. She plays her pretty often. She's like really into like Carissa is really into like Doja Cat and Cardi B and like she plays kind of like the stuff at work, which I'm yeah. like fine with. I, I love that somebody else because I put on like West Side and shit, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> she puts on this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> she uh, she put on Tia Karen, and I was like, yo, like this is this is like really fat super fat, really fat super wavy uh yeah wet as hell like yeah i would probably put every song on here on the wet playlist <laughs> um yeah i think this is like a total splash like i said super short fun right to the point lends to itself to the replayability of yeah. the project also it's just like kind of hyper turned up at times like it's got these uh you know little like dragon ball z bits in there and stuff Mm -hmm. it's different little sound effects that make transitions between songs um so that's why i kind of compared this to and i made another combo playlist for uh this album along with the life of pierre because i i like i like the constant flowing nature of the songs i like the transitions in between songs I thought it would be challenging to mix the transitions from the one album to the other album, mm. which is difficult. But uh, I like the pairings of songs that are on here. So, yeah, check out if you go to my Spotify. I gotta put all these on Apple too. I'll do that. But uh, yeah, you're looking for 34 Pierre Deluxe. There's bangers all up and down there, but. Yeah, shout out to you, Karim, man. That's like a super solid project. And I mean, it's only 20 minutes of music, but it definitely made me, re- it definitely got me ready for another one of those projects. Another like project of like eight more songs. See what else she's working on. I would love to. Right. But that's cool that you were on this. I just found out about this like a few days ago. Um, and I know this came out like two weeks ago. Yeah, this, this song is so fucking fire. Lotto, this is the song that I think got got her going. Yeah. On a national level or, you know, just to a wider base. This is the single for sure. But yeah, I love these beats and again it does really it really reminded me of, of the life of Pierre at first. Just the entire flow of it of the project Mm -hmm. and i like that of course so yeah looking forward to hearing from more for from tia corinne for sure Uh, what do i have next on here oh come on first singles we got to talk about you know (laughs) bro what do you think man bro he just keeps fucking hitting. I swear to God, I think he might be like. When, when we talk about rappers that don't miss or aren't missing, 
Right. Baby Kim's not missing. He might be the next. He might be the next big thing, dude. I really think he's like the rapper with like. He's like the basketball player with the awkward jump shot that just splashes every time. Right. Does a full rotation Yo. around the left side of his head and then chucks it up and it just right the basket. Baby Keem is uh, Baby Keem is Kevin Martin confirmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did uh, did Sean Marion's jumpers kind of splash like low key or not? I think later later in his career. Okay, he worked on the he worked on the splash. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I um I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard to come up with anything else other than like you just said. This, this dude is low-key the future. Um, I mean, you think about his, like, his package. He's got, like, the visuals are on point on every one of his music videos. His, his team is good. His label is strong. His music's great. And he's, like, only, like... He's young as fuck. Like, super young. So young, dude. If I was Drake, I would be like finding a way to um, find this man's self-destruct button. Like, I, like, I would be trying to find the way to get him the fuck out the paint. Because this is one of the only people I think that has even like a similar skill set and a hit making potential that a Drake right. has. Uh, level of creativity he's definitely weirder more out of left field um a little stranger i think that comes from honestly the kendrick connection uh, yeah that he's willing to step outside the box a little bit more bruh if this guy gets a voice like a like a singing voice like uh-huh. bruh drake's gonna have to expedite the hit bro <laughs> Both of these tracks are weird. He finds a really weird pocket in both of these tracks, doesn't he? Yeah. See, this one's just like more of a baby keem flow. Yeah. Like he does this one a little bit on some other stuff. That other one, like, is just like, it's like tumbling out. Like a stream of conscious. It's weird. But they're both, they're both really cool. Dude, he's just like. I swear he's gonna be like. Keeps his up, he's gonna be my favorite rapper of all time when it's all said and done. He's fucking around. He's gonna end up with my, my number one greatest rapper of all time. That would be awesome if by the time we did our greatest rappers of all time list, Pax got the balls enough to like put Keem at two. Be like Black Thought One, Spencer, Baby Came Two. <laughs> would be so angry with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like this because it gives me like a sense of what I'm about to hear if it's a Baby Keem project in the works, which is what it feels like. Cause mm-hmm. the last time he did this was he dropped France Freestyle and um. 
orange soda. Drop yeah. that two pack, and then we had die for my bitch. So uh, definitely feel like we have a prob. Pro- definitely feel like we have a project coming up. And yeah, especially with the with the PG Lang thing, which he references on one of these songs. Yep. I'm still like, I'm still like, what the fuck is that? Like, what does it mean? What's it gonna be? Yeah, no clue. Yeah. But I'm ready to go wherever this takes me. I basically trust. Baby Keem has like the ultimate green light to me now at this point. I know, yeah. Is I think what we're saying, like, just Baby Keem has a Dame Lillard type green light. Yeah, just shoot it. Like, just fucking chuck it, man. Take me to the promised land, wherever that is. <laughs> Take me to the the post Drake modern era. Right. Wherever that is. Um, <clears throat> yeah, not too far off from what you would ex- or what you have already heard on Die for My Bitch. But I don't know. Sounds fresh. Sounds new. Sounds ready to go for a, a new project. And I don't think he needs to completely outdo and undo Die for My Bitch to make a good album, make a great album right. i think it could be kind of similar Especially if they're only because die for my bitch was it was last year right yeah yeah especially if it's only a year apart if he's dropping projects like every year year and a half you don't necessarily need to make like every one a step above the last just like continue consistency improve in some places i think really the main thing that i like baby keem to do he's already doing it but to just continue doing it's just the visuals, man. His, and I know that's probably part of like top dog contracting with certain people, directors, producers, and stuff. But like, his visuals are on par with like some other great rap, like Kendrick, Travis Scott, some other great, like notoriously good music video artists. Mm-hmm. Like, if he just continues that ball along with dropping consistent music, like he's just like, I don't see how he could go wrong really yeah he kind of just as of right now i know we still have like a small sample size from baby keem but as of right now he just seems really like um this fountain of creativity you know i don't (laughs) see where it would really just like stop for him i think he uh i don't really see where it would just like stop for him um i feel like he has a lot of ideas a lot of different ideas uh, but he has a really good ear for what's already happening, what's cool right now, right. what's about to be cool um, in the same way that, that Drake does. You know, they're just like, right. they portray the, themselves as these such cool individuals, like understand all slang, are creating their own slang, their own waves and, you know, like trends and just kind of like, up on that stuff and creating it at the same time or trying to. Um, right. And so, and we've seen what Drake has been able to do with just adapting and recycling ideas, either his own or, or not, you know, um, and mm-hmm. how long he's been able to maintain uh, doing just that. So that's kind of why we project for baby Keem the way that we do. Um, I know he's, Plus I want, I want baby Keem to like succeed because, I was like mad. I was like mad writing for Baby Keem as soon as I heard "Die from a Bitch." I was like, "Yo, this this is my this is my favorite guy," and yeah. I want him to succeed so that I like can in five years be like, 
I told y'all. <laughs> You'll be telling your great grandkids about the first time you heard yeah. Baby Keem, two phone Baby Keem. Like you hear the, you hear this shirt. What you know about this right here? <laughs> I do. I do really vividly remember the day I found out about Baby Keem, and I do too. It's it's funny because his uh, it, obviously everybody starts from zero, starts from you know very little streams, but like he was like a little project, like like mm-hmm. he was really rocking with not very many streams, even when Die for My Bitch dropped, like right. he was still a really unearthed sort of you know best kept secret at that time. Now it's like you know Keem is Keem. People like right. that name rings bells. Um, but yeah, we got to have our hipster moment. We, we knew it was cool. We knew it was, know, right? it was lit before, before it really was. So, right. um, and I remember going like, dude, is he like related or does he know Kendrick? Yeah. Did he write for Kendrick or something? Cause he sounds exactly the same or, or it sounded like he was on some of the songs. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I remember, uh, hearing Mosh Pit and being like, this sounds like the like it sounds like the like next of kin to like dna and i went into my break i remember being at work i went into my break room at work and i was like reading up on baby king because i was like who is this dude and that's where i found out all the like oh he's been like producing and like a little bit of ghost writing and stuff and he only has like one other project out anyway it was it's just like one of those things where you're like you feel like some weird sort of like like you're just proud of the fact they grow that you, up like, so fast right you're like oh man i remember when when he had like ten thousand listeners and yeah. you're just like now he's like now he's legitimately on the cusp of like being a, like a, a mega star he has the right formula that's all i'm saying yeah he does and and the right connections too like right um yeah yeah, he's he's just bread and butter all day, dude. Um, let's talk about some Kanye tweets real quick, because I know, I mean, we're not going to go an episode without mentioning all these tweets, uh, at least in passing, bro. But y- y'all have seen what you've seen. Um, I-, I didn't do too much of a deep dive on these tweets, but here's something I agree with. Yes, let's go get our masters back. And by us, I mean uh, artists, especially the biggest names. I do agree with the notion that um, if Kanye West, if Kendrick Lamar, Drake, if J. Cole and those kinds of names tried to come together or at least just tried to pursue their masters, it would be something that uh, would probably benefit the music greater hip-hop music and right. just music in general community at large so like i fuck with that idea and i also understand i also really fuck with i and identify with the idea that um the people who aren't building what it is that is making all this money should not be taking in the lion's share of the money and potentially should not be taking in the money um right right so <clears throat> that guy just being like 
record labels in general or just like the record label Ponzi scheme. You're signed to one guy who's signed to another guy, which also, you know, that plays out in Kendrick's case or sorry, that plays out in Kanye's case. He's got artists that are signed to him. He's signed to Jay was signed to Jay-Z is basically still signed to Jay-Z, um, which is signed to another it's a Ponzi scheme. That's exactly what it is. Right. So to get out of that, yeah, it would be really valuable. Going to be very difficult to do. Um, Kanye is probably not the ideal leader for that fight, being <laughs> that he's so erratic and like unpredictable. But at the same time, you know, when he gets his mind on something, it's there. So I, I suppose I'll take advantage of the opportunity that we're talking about this uh, to say that. But um, in other uh, black excellence news and black capitalist news i mentioned right he's signed to rockefeller which is signed to something else which is probably signed to universal or maybe there's no middleman there but um oh which would be signed to probably def jam and then universal or i don't know how this shit works exactly but um the alleged news is is that jay-z has his masters because he sold kanye's masters oh I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that. Yeah, that's um I mean, Kanye tweeted that basically, like an image that said that. Which is just crazy to me. Like first of all, we can have the conversation about how these record label systems are definitely a glorified Ponzi scheme for sure. Like, mm-hmm. you know, getting your own record label is um kind of a sweet deal for the next exec uh up above you who gets to eat off of that and he's even less involved with it so that's kanye's main point let's unindoctrinate ourselves from that that process um of one guy way up the stream making money off of what we spend our entire days weeks lives doing so i'm with that i'm with that for sure but um again Ye is probably not the guy. Um, this is your reminder from the Bridge City Boys that, you know, potentially we want more Master P's in this world than Jay-Z's is what it, I think is important to think about here. Like, no, let's not put Master P on a pedestal that uh, he could do no wrong. But at the same time, you know, to to get yourself so big and to play in certain games like in this world like you have probably made some decisions that are sus and we kind of got to right we kind of got to know that doesn't mean we can do anything about it necessarily but like let's know that when we talk about someone like like jay-z so um that's that conversation very interesting but again kanye potentially not the guy to lead us to the promised land in this respect um and also you know could afford to deinstitutionalize himself in mm-hmm. some respects like some institutions to him like it's so it's so trumpish to me that it's like certain institutions and things like i'm i'm going to be very for even if i was once against them it just like whatever the way the tide is turning, you know, it's like, okay, this is the enemy and this is, this is what I represent. 
And uh, I don't always feel like those priorities are in line uh, for the greater world at good when it comes to Kanye West. But that's that conversation. Trent, do you have anything to say? No, I mean, it's, you can apply this, like, this is an idealist, like, like, this is, his whole idea is, like, would be, like, a utopian version of music distribution. Then you can apply that, like, line of thinking to just all capitalism in general, like, why is some dude profiting off of the work of a million other people and those people are barely making enough to live and operate to make money for that dude? So right. like and he's passively you know, supporting or maybe not even just passively collecting from it. Right. Yeah. That's Yeah, and and I mean it's like yeah, it, <clears throat> if he and Kendrick and like Jay-Z and you know, all these mega artists that, you know, because of their like prominence, they really should already own all their own music. Like that, just because they are like the greatest mm-hmm. artists. Um, but they don't because they, you know, the record labels or record deals, you need to have, like, it's really, you don't need to. We're seeing now that independent artists can obviously make a large fortune and make, you know, themselves enough money but um that wasn't the case so much like five ten years ago and you need those record deals to become the great artists that you see mm-hmm. so you know and, it's and kind of detaching yourself from you now your catalog is too big to give up it's like invaluable right. at this point if you're kanye west if you're jay-z like the only exactly. way jay-z could get his back is a, an exchange for kanye which is even right. more valuable yeah, so it's like you would need like like Kanye is is proposing you would need those like key figures to separate themselves from the source of like this cyclical like this will always happen unless these guys set the precedence to separate the artist from the label, mm-hmm. own their own masters, make their own money. The thing is though that if you look at Kanye like he, like you said, he owns a record label. So it's like, and that record label is a subset of, like you said, a greater, it's a Ponzi scheme, a greater label. So until you kind of recognize, you know, if, if Kanye's making money off of Big Sean, off of all these people mm-hmm. that are signed to good music, it's kind of hypocritical to be like, well, let's separate, unless your whole thing is like, let the artist operate the label. It'll be more equitable. But with Kanye, I don't really buy equity as like the driving force behind this idea. So I don't know. It's the right idea, but I just don't know like where is the, the integrity of, of these, like of this process Mm -hmm. really set when it's Kanye making that call. Like, (laughs) and, and look at this too fan perspective strictly right no right. music industry insiders here we don't know shit. no idea you know disclaimer <laughs> we really don't know shit but at the same time um you look at each of these individuals with i mean let's talk about all of them jay-z kanye drake kendrick and 
Cole, with the exception of Kendrick, they all quarterback a mm-hmm. a, a record label. Um, right. And then in the case of a Drake, a Kanye, and a Jay-Z, you know, there are artists from those record labels who have had, like, really negative experiences right. um, or have just been sort of mismanaged or, you know, in the case of Kanye, like, like controlled, you know, in the way of like, or just like having decisions made for you. Like everybody Mm -hmm. from Pusha T to Tiana Taylor has mentioned very publicly about how like sometimes Kanye, it's not up to you. It's up to whoever's around Kanye or whatever the next record label is doing. So um, yeah, all of these people have sort of played in this game. I think it would be cool to get back to the main point. I think it would be cool, yes, to have all these very prominent figures who could use their leverage to create a larger, more urgent conversation about equity mm-hmm. with masters, with publishing. If you don't know exactly what those terms mean, just look them up because they're, re- they're really, really important. Um, <clears throat> And the ownership and the control of of all of it, right? That would be cool. But at the same time, I don't see everybody in that camp being the same in the same position as Kanye West. Uh, I'm willing to bet you that Jay Z, Drake, probably Kendrick are all rather okay with how their business dealings are going. I think they Mm -hmm. like Drake has like he has a plan in motion. If you've watched how his record dealings and his album releases have played out, like he just got out from under a universal contract is in a new contract, probably a lot more favorable to him. And he has plans to continue to leverage all of that himself. Right. Right. Nobody else. Um, I don't see him crossing that line to be on Kanye's side. Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole and Jay-Z, like, again, they have, like, their own prominent record label home team situations, and they are trying to figure out their own way and for their own immediate group of people. Um, I don't know that Kanye will be the force that's tying all this together when he's the same force that has separated some of these factions in the first place. Right. And I think the target, you know, like I said, you would need those big artists to to be the driving force, but the target audience for that argument isn't the isn't the like super prominent artists. Like the tar- like the people who would rally behind you are not going to be the people with really favorable record deals because of the longevity of their careers and the greatness they exude. Like you would want to be targeting. The people that, I'm sorry, Kanye, the people that are like the people who are disgruntled with you, like you would want to target the Pusha T's and and Big Sean's and Tiana Taylor's and stuff, because those are the people who have unrest with their current situations. So, mm. or maybe they don't like, too. Like that's a thing. Well, like, maybe they some don't. People, maybe they don't. But like, I imagine it... that, like, I imagine that somebody at Pusha T's level of a contract is the the format all, I, I of. And this is how it typically works. And I don't, again, I don't know if this is what PG Lang is, but the format of I'm going to go to work to make my boss some money and I'm going to try and get me some too is 
kind of what gets us in this pyramid that we have that is the music industry. There's not that many mm-hmm. companies at the top. There's a lot of companies going on in the middle. Um, there's a lot of different moving parts going on in the middle, but the people at the top, their goal is to remain right there and stay collecting in, soaking up resources and the outputs uh, or the exports of these specialty businesses um, passively and to be able to just collect checks um, and, you know, own at least 30% of what's going on out there. Uh, You know, that's a big, big deal. So it's all very confusing and it's all also very vague. All these companies are private companies. This isn't, you know, these aren't industries that are on, you know, the stock market and publicly traded and people and they have to report how much they pay Mm -hmm. this person, how much they make here and there and what's, I mean, they just report sales and things that make them look good. They're private companies. Right. um, So it's a very different game. It's a lot more vague and behind closed doors and, um, you know, the, the supply and demand of it all too. It's not a, it's not a product. It's not a, you know, it's not a tangible physical thing. Um, so arbitrarily like the, the winds move everything a lot, you know, and, and everybody's playing this game and trying to just like catch a piece. Right. right. And, um, that's kind of what's gotten us in this mess. So, it does take someone crazy, quote unquote, <laughs> like Kanye West to put himself at the front of this, speak in like really big general terms. But I mean, that's his role. You know, that's his role is to get these ideas out there, even if he does not know the the uh, complexities of the job that needs to be done. You know, it's important right. that someone like him is is trying to make everybody aware of what's happening. I thought it was hilarious that he literally posted his contracts on Twitter and he's doing things like that. Like I'm, I, it's crazy, but I'm with that. You know, this is, oh, this yeah, is yeah. information that he's trying to pass to people who want to look at it. <clears throat> so I dig that. Let's go ahead and get into, so I don't have music up yet. Oh, but first of all, I wanted to ask you a question. Someone asked me on YouTube. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Responding to one of our greatest 50 rappers videos, uh, debate conversation videos, and that episode is coming up. But um, what do you think about Lil B as a top 50 rapper because of the output, the influence, perhaps the, uh, yeah, based on those things? My heart tells me I would want Lil B in my top 50, but my brain tells me that's not a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Who am I not putting in the list to put Lil B in? Right. Again, I haven't built my list, so I don't know. I definitely haven't built the back end, like 50-ish range of, of that list. It's just like if I put Lil B in... I know I know I'm putting it, I know I'm trying to put him in. You know? Mm-hmm. You're like, forcing I'm not, it. Like he, yeah, you're forcing yeah, it. Yeah, he doesn't like naturally fall into a top my top fifty list. But if I put him in, I'm like it's cause I want him there. Not cause he like 
not necessarily because he deserves it. Maybe he does. Yeah. I have to build the list, but it would be takey. Yeah. Um, are you doing that as well? Are you building the like? Are you building it from like one to fifty, basically, or are you trying to focus on the? the... Um, I think my first. Step, I really haven't even started to be honest with you. Okay. Like, I know what my top ten is just because I. I feel like I. I just know that it's uh-huh. gut feeling. And that like top 10 is like subject to change, but I know it's like my top 10. Mm-hmm. But then like after that, I think it's going to be literally just like listing rappers and then plugging them in. Like where I think like generally where I think they would go like yeah. this. Yeah. So-and-so is definitely like 40 to 50, but so-and-so is definitely like 10 to 20 and then kind of like mm-hmm. ranking them like that. Okay, so you do it in tiers first. You kind of pull yeah. them up into like acceptable ranges. I would say I do right. the same thing, but I would say I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident, confident in one through ten at the moment. Yeah. I think so I am when too. you made your original list, because you said you made a fifty list before, right? I made a fifty list when everyone was making fifty lists. When was everyone making fifty lists? I could check my notes and tell you for sure, but it was like, it was just like randomly on Instagram. Everyone was like celebrities and stuff. Like yeah, 50 Cent made it. Yeah. 50 yeah. I Ebro, think it was like, I think Ebro like yeah. really got to jump in. We were doing the podcast at that point. It probably was like, it was probably like a year ago. Right. Something like that. Yeah. So I, I think like that makes sense. I think most people start there. I think most people kind of make the first tier. And right. as of right now, I just don't, I'm, I'm kind of like putting rappers off if I know they're not like top 25. I'm kind of yeah. really thinking about that top 25 right this second. But, um, so if, I think we said this off air yesterday, if we were making a 100 list, Lil yeah. B all day, no problem. Like you can, yeah, Lil ha- B would be like a solid 51, <laughs> like like my top 50 is like solid and then 51 is where I can be like, yeah, little low, low oh. B can start like <laughs> popping up. <laughs> yeah. The little B's can, can jump up. Um, would you put a chief Keef, uh, above yeah, or yeah. below 50? I would put, I would have a better case for chief Keef than Lil B. I think. Yeah. I just think he has like, Lil B has like a just a crazy catalog, like crazy as in like so much music. Mm-hmm. But Chief Keef is like so much influence on what we know as like I don't know trap, like trap or SoundCloud rap or whatever you want to call it. Like yeah, that all really I feel like started started to gain traction with Chief Keef. So I feel like you know if you're I still think there's some yeah, novelty yeah. to Chief Keef, like right. in 2020. I still yeah. think he's kind of underappreciated or misunderstood, and so I think there's just still a lot to to know and understand about him. Lil B, right. we've kind of gotten through a lot of the, you know, primary phases of mm-hmm. Lil B, and then, like it's been a pretty long run. So yeah, and um, Lil B and Chief Keef both have like meme potential but like chief keef is also a, like a really important hip-hop figure too not yeah. that lil b isn't but like 
I don't know. Low B is more of like a personal love for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm not mistaken, dude, I'm pretty sure they both got mixtapes with uh, King Soldier, Soldier Boy. I don't think you are mistaken. I think that's correct. I'm pretty sure they both do. (laughs) Um, Another 50 greatest rapper of all time, for sure. This will be a great transition. We'll get out of this uh, because I just had to ask you that. This will be a great transition because someone I do think is a top 50 rapper, not a top 100 rapper, top 50 rapper to me because of the output, because of the legendaryness, because of the smooth, cold blooded rhyme flow. Uh, Many years doing it. Currency, bro. Currency's a top Mm -hmm. 50 rapper of all time. Absolutely. All right, he was making fire. And he's mix- he's in my top. The top fifty that I made a while ago, he was in there for sure. Let's turn a top fifty rapper of all time up real quick. I thought a not top fifty rapper. I thought a top one hundred rapper of all time said something. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Crancy talk. All right. If you didn't listen to the outrunner, well, you a bum, first of all, because Trent put that on his top albums of that month list. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. He snuck it in there. So if you didn't, check it out. Uh, well, first of all, we, we recommend it. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was like something we needed needed to talk about. But this director's cut kind of adds something to the pot. So I'm assuming, Trent, if you were into the Outrunners, that you would like this extension of it. Uh, but if you didn't, go ahead and tell me why. No, I like them both. I might have even liked this one a little more. I think I think Harry... Okay. By the way, I, think I, I think that too. I think this one might be a little bit better. Yeah. I think... I don't know if we mentioned this, but this is another Harry Frog currency project. That's two in a row. So I think that Harry Frog did a little bit, a little bit more on this one. I think like you hear some of the, obviously the samples are always there for him. Like he, he's a good at, he's really good at chopping up like funk samples and stuff and making them a little more like. You know, smokers lounge, like kind of wavy. Yeah. And but I think on this one too, he he might have. I don't know if he added some instrumentation, but there's a lot of like sax on here and shit. That's like very um like Terrace Martin e kind of sax. Yeah, and that song with Trippy Red, the one with Trippy Red is great. Like <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like, what am I expecting from a Trippy oh, Red? Oh, that has the saxophone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has the sax like when Trippy is singing, and it works really well. I really like that that, that shit, but yeah, and, I don't know. I'm a big fan of it. And, and that opening track we just played had like a nice piano on it. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. There's a little more oomph to that production, and you know, currency. You kind of you kind of get what you're gonna get. I mean, he's he's done a lot of music at this point, so he wouldn't get here without being consistent. And um, I think that's what he delivers on here. So it's nice to hear him with one producer. Uh, and that producer being Harry Fraud, who still is, like, cool right now. You know, like, his yeah. sound has grown a lot uh, in, the, I'll just say, in the Griselda days, basically. Um, right. Their kind of production and the, the producers that they are empowering. Like, they fuck with Harry Fraud, too. 
Uh, Harry Frog gets in that mix. Obviously, Alchemist, you know, hangs in this mix as well. So he's in good company. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I did think he he hit a little harder with this one. Um, and I thought it was like a really nice even keel uh, extension of the first one. Did you see his yeah. tweet about um, Snoop getting him the verse yeah. before breakfast? Yeah. He like, yo, Snoop, you got like 12 hours to get me a verse. And then he added it like now. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a pretty good verse to have done, like, buy breakfast and send it over, like, officially. Yeah, well, what do you expect from a top 10 rapper of all time? Yes, sir. Okay, now we're talking, bro. Now we are talking. Um, yeah, I guess we don't have to, like, go in too hard on this one. We don't have a ton of time. We're trying to get a quick session in. So, um, besides that, I would say the only other cool thing is, like, the features were on point, man. Uh, I liked this Larry June song. Fits him well. That's the one we're playing right now, Vintage A's. And I really dug the Styles P verse that comes in here. Like, we talked about the Snoop Dogg verse. The Trippy Red verse was something. You know, that was, like, didn't expect that. Um, so, four for four for me personally on that. Yeah, I think so, too. And then Currency did his whole his whole thing that he always does, just like rapping. I don't. He he has like one of like him and Big Sean. I feel like have some of the like the weirdest flow, the weirdest cadence that don't even really hit a pocket at some points. And I'm just like, <laughs> but it always sounds right with them. More so with Currency, I think it sounds like just natural, and yeah. he's able to carry songs with just like a weird flow and rapping about cars and like weed and that's it like yeah. <laughs> don't rush don't wait like that's kind yeah. of the motto exactly he's like so. never overdoing it but he'll get right to it um real quick before we talk about another project man i gotta get it in on this brent fiaz song um good great not so good what do you think did you you hear it you heard it i don't know if i heard it okay well let me just talk about it while it plays um I've been on record not loving Brent Fiez. He dropped the album earlier this year uh, that we enjoyed, or I enjoyed for sure. Thought it was a really solid progression for him. But I've always seen the potential in his personality and his, um, his temperament. You know, no, his position as a personality in a, in, a, in a rap song or an R&B, like, he plays the middle so well, and I think he portrays his emotions in a really interesting way, uh, which... I dropped 30 on this room. I hear it, it, it spades on this, on this song. Um, I love the suspense that this section of it is building. Uh, I love the lonesome, forlorn, you know, falsettos that he does. Yeah, this is called Dead Man Walking. Can't say enough about it, man. If he's coming out with another project and it's gonna sound like this, game over, man. He, he, I think he has like the potential to be one of the one of 
one of the best R&B acts out there. He just does not have the discography yet to hold up with that for me. But I can see it happening if, if the music keeps sounding like what I'm continuing to hear more and more of. I could see, a, especially with the Fuck the World project, and, you know, this sound on this song really sounds a little more like almost like like pop R&B like I don't really know how to explain it but it, it kind of sounds very reminiscent of like The Weeknd like it's got especially that like drum pattern like yeah and so if he you know and he already has the demeanor of The Weeknd I mean if you think about it they rap about very There's similar a very thing. similar same kind of girl yeah yeah and they both have incredible voices so I don't know if like Maybe that's kind of the the uh, the path that maybe he wants to kind of steer his career in because the, the weekend is a fucking mega star. I don't know how you get around like he's one of the biggest acts out right now. And if Brent Fias can continue to, if he can be a little more consistent with his drops, and maybe um, I mean if. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that he he has, like you say, he has a lot of potential to be a really incredible artist. Just got to see a lot more from him, and the quality needs to be a little bit higher. Absolutely. I do think he was he totally took the first very right step in the direction with Fuck the World, even though it wasn't perfect. I think it was like I think it raised a lot to like about it. It raised its own standards. I feel like yeah, a little bit. You know, it's just a little bit more cleaner cut, and um, I thought that sounded really good for him here's an artist i do think we just talked about someone here's an artist i do think i would love to compare him to in a way is baby keem like i think mm. he has a taste for the unusual in the way that baby keem does but like baby keem has a really solid understanding of what's actually going on and developing in their respective fields like on a very current basis yeah. So I think they have a very current swag, but they have a, a taste and a, and a penchant for for the out of left field type thing. But yeah, great, great fucking song, dude. Um, let's get into, uh, we got two more albums to talk about. And one of them, I can't even pronounce. I can't even tell you what the name of this album is. is. I'm not even going to try to read it. Um it's probably named this way for podcasters like me, like trying to read it. <laughs> just a struggle. <laughs> yeah, just a struggle. Um, but uh, yeah, slowing things down. Slawson Malone. Um, Trent, you you were telling me a quote. You were about to you were about to get on your depressed vibes for this. Big 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 time. I got one question, buddy. Did it deliver? It was raining. <laughs> yeah. I was driving. It was raining toxic was rain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, not really. I mean, I'm chilling. Don't worry about me, but. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about either of us. Uh, But, yo, it's fall, man. I'm like, I'm in my element. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. I got clouds in the sky I just lost him alone with playing mm-hmm. I'm a happy camper I don't know what else to say and and you've been a fan of the so this is a, a what feels like basically a part two of um, yeah 
What is the name of his his, his previous album? Uh, 2014 to I don't even fucking know. A long know. farewell. A long far yeah. well. Yeah. Right. We're idiots. Or farewell 2016 to <laughs> 2019 or some shit. Uh, we didn't get it right. Hold on, I gotta go look. <laughs> I'm keeping this in there too. We're idiots. A quiet farewell. Quiet farewell. It's spelled that way. 2016, 2018. Yeah, so this we is. Were, this we were almost there. <laughs> sorry, say that again? We were almost there. That's pretty much it. Yeah, we, we were sniffing around that area. <clears throat> so, this, uh, I'll just say. So, you were a fan of that. You were a fan of A Quiet Farewell. Um, and you also dig the Medslaus project. Yeah, I mean, uh, this one is a lot more like sparse and it's like really meaty moments. It's like a lot of like, it's a lot of like open space on this thing. But I don't know. I think I almost, I don't, I don't like it more than a quiet farewell. It's too short for me to like it more. But right. I think the direction of it, like if it had been extended, which it seems like he's probably going to continue with this series of projects. Um, if it was extended a little longer, I think this could very well be like one of my favorite of the year. Just the way the sound of it is like, unlike pretty much anything I've heard all year. I mean, he kind of has his own thing. He gets lumped with like a lot of these guys. Um, it's incredibly he, individual, though. Yeah, he and is, even from the last album, this sounds like significantly right. different. Yeah, I mean, there's like moments where it sounds like a King Cruel song. Yeah. It's like you know, like I, I don't know. He he's just very multifaceted, and um, the Medslaus album is like you know way more hip hop central. If you watch his like uh, rhythm roulette, you know he can make hip hop beats like nothing. But like, then he puts out something like this, and it's like almost like Bonnie Vare, you know, like it's just weird. <laughs> yeah. But I'm very happy that you know we got something from him because he he's just very talented in whatever he tries. What did you think about acoustic? Hearing it on this album, did you expect it and did you like it? I usually don't fuck with acoustic music at all. <laughs> but there's like a certain way you can kind of like, you know, uh, add effects, reverb, like a lot of reverb or, you know, yeah. echoing or whatever. And that shit helps a lot because it makes it acoustic to me just sounds so empty, like so one layer. And I like can't really get into it but as soon as you start adding different elements even sometimes like you can hear there's like a little like bass synth in the background of some of these they don't really do anything except add like another layer of like of just ambient sound that kind of like attention to detail makes an acoustic track sound like way more than what it really is yeah That's and great. I think he did a good job it was very tasteful with like what he added and what he decided probably to strip away 
in in every track on this. Yeah, his attention to detail, uh, his honestly his restraint with this album. Right. Because the thing for me with a quiet farewell is, I, well, first thing was I I didn't know what to expect going into the first quiet farewell and so going into this one i expected to have my patient music listening ears on just to like hear everything out but i thought this like kind of got right to it more than the first one did because it's shorter and it's a uh, it's a little bit more explosive in a couple moments because there's less time to waste but um it's it's more straightforward it's more like i was expecting to get really weird you know um i was expecting it to completely elevate the previous one that i heard and it really just kind of subverted it and did and took everything and created something really new with it Mm -hmm. so in terms of right like there's even in just like the a, a quiet for well has like so many cuts and jumps and like little like like audio you know like talking points and stuff yeah. and all these weird little like like subsections whereas this one i mean it has moments where it breaks kind of abruptly or kind of like starts in a weirder way or whatever but overall the album kind of flows more like <laughs> you know, an actual album does, whereas the other one felt like a think piece, like a kind of like collage of sounds. So I don't know, they're really different styles for for the same artist to put them out within a year of each other. You know, I just think this dude like lives and breathes music <laughs> and literally just wants to try everything. Yeah. And he's good at it. He's one of those people that you can just tell is like good at everything he tries. Like. Like every time he picks up an instrument, it's probably like he doesn't need that long to figure it out. And I don't know this. I mean, it's like I said, it's not long enough. I think like I really wanted just like another 10 minutes of this thing. And then I really think it could have been like a top 10 album for me. Right. But it's just like I felt I walked away feeling a little like. Not like it it didn't do enough, but I just felt like it just was a little shortchanged. I wanted like a, I just wanted more. Like <laughs> Yeah. I feel that. <clears throat> well Slauson's had quite a fucking discography so far. These two projects, uh <clears throat> the Med Slaus, Standing on the Corner. Yeah. Right? Standing on the corner was, is that. the other thing, which actually I think this project kind of feels the most similar to is his work with standing on the corner that's just like there's so much more going on and with standing on the corner like yeah. you have so many other people touching it but i think that they kind of like ambient sounds and stuff you know that's a, that's the most similar you can get to this project cool well i really dug your take on the um acoustic bits of the album i agree that it's the it's just the creativity and the ability to um, place little aspects in there that will like make it not sound so one dimensional mm-hmm. <clears throat> really elevates the sound of that there doesn't use it as a gimmick um, and again, as far as sequels to albums go or extension parts of albums go, like this is 
This is what I'm talking about. <clears throat> the real continuation, deconstruction, and reconstruction of certain ideas from the last project, I find super, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then delivering them in a totally new way. Uh, also, very creative, very interesting. Something I believe, like, not everybody could just do, you know, what he right. did there. Right. Not everybody's capable or creative or resourceful enough to do the first project he did and deconstruct it into this or anything like it. So, yeah, a lot of props to that. Um, His father is also a famous jazz musician. I forget who, but like it's in his blood. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and you can you can you can see it. I'm in Coochie Land. Do you know the Coochie Man? Sorry, I had to bring it back one time. My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Let's talk about a couple other quick singles because we're slightly ahead of schedule. Uh, also, I apologize, y'all, if y'all are hearing some technical difficulties here and there. But like I said, we we just uh, we trying to get it done. So, <clears throat> a couple things I wanted to bring up. I think we already talked about the slow tie song or maybe that was about to get cut off, but I thought that was a really solid song and it was, I needed to hear it from slow tie. I know he's really good at what he's done in the past uh, with his first album. And so I was just, I'm waiting to see him kind of turn a new page. This song feels very much like that. gives me a lot Mm -hmm. of hope for whatever album he decides to drop next or project that he'll kind of, you know, he'll tweak the, the recipe enough um one young nudie single i i only heard um the first time you know it's kind of what you expect from young nudie pretty meat and potatoes not bad uh we're not going to talk about the alicia keys album although i still need to hear it i listened to the one tier wax single did you okay i didn't love it i'm okay. open to hearing it a couple more times and hearing it with the rest of the album but not really for me. Um, Rico Nasty, you know. Okay, so she dropped a song called Own It. <clears throat> also, don't love it. But then I thought, well, I didn't love iPhone when I heard iPhone. And I love iPhone now. So, but I don't think that's going to happen for this record. I think <laughs> iPhone is just a great record and I was asleep. And I think this one is just not interesting. Uh <clears throat> Pink Sifu, Fly Anakin. Uh, it sounds like they're going to come with a project here pretty soon. Yeah, this project. I saw the track list. Yeah. Someone posted it in the obligatory chat. And it's okay. Like, I didn't see that. Whoa. <clears throat> it's got some crazy Those guys are water. tapped in. Pink Sifu, yeah. I see as really, really central to this whole wave yeah. of music that we've enjoyed uh, this year. <clears throat> yeah. He's a... He's definitely like I think the most uh, willing to put out music out of all those, out of all this like these kind of guys who you know they're almost too cool to put out a lot of music. Pink Sifu is like I'm putting out everything and like mm-hmm. a- a- every kind of music too. Cause yeah, because like, some of the allure to those artists is that they're pretty mysterious, right? <clears throat> pretty introverted, keep to themselves. But uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Blood Orange song. Right. 
a Blood Orange song with uh, <clears throat> I don't know who this is on his song, but there's new Blood Orange out. Uh, he's a scoring uh show, Dev Hines. He's scoring a show called We Are Who We Are, and I think that song might be something from that. Goated or related? Yeah, he's just the best. Super goated. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we talked about all the. Oh, and there's a, there is a. Come on, give it to me. Let's uh, come on, Brain Killer. What, what, what is it? Action Bronson. Action oh, Bronson's yeah, yeah. back with another single, and it's got. Uh, <clears throat> bro, my throat is fucked up. It's got mayhem on it. <clears throat> mayhem. It's not I like as when good. They, I like when they come together. I, I do mayhem too. Warren. It's not as good as the solo track he dropped. I'm assuming that was an Alchemist beat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool, though. I, the thing about Action Bronson is most of his singles, most of his singles don't end up on an album. Like, he drops a lot of, like, one-off singles, and that is pretty cool because he's dropping all these cool tracks, and then it's probably leading up to an album that will be completely... I mean, maybe one of these will. He's got three now in the last like four weeks. So, hey, guess who? Guess who produced the the track we were talking about? Oh, this wasn't the track I was talking about, but yeah, this is Budgie. Sweet is broken. I think. Okay, maybe I did know this. And then Latin Grammys was. Yeah, this is this is the one I was referring to. Latin Grammys is the fire one to me. I think I did know that. <clears throat> by the way, that's actually produced by a guy named Tommy Moss. Wanted to give credit because I've said it was Alchemist. Uh, don't know who he is, but I'll do my research. I'll find out. And I'll follow him. Shout out Tommy. Anyways, but we, we're not here to talk about Action Bronson. Um, yeah, Mongolia is the track it's called, and it's uh, it's not bad. But it's it wasn't those two tracks I liked more for sure. So I'm just ready to hear the project. A lot of times when I'm hearing the Action Bronson singles, you're right. If they're not going to be on the album, then cool. But I Action Bronson's one of those guys I don't really like to hear his songs before I hear the album. I would just like to hear it all at mm-hmm. once. Um, so now to the main event, right? I'm gonna get my wrestling shit on. <laughs> <clears throat> Ah, oh, my soundboard's not up. Different day. This is this is sad. All right, man. Let's get right to it. We're running out of time. And last week, just last week, we were we were talking all about Armani Caesar, ARC, as she likes to call herself. And what were we talking about, Trent? We were basically like, is she nice? What do we know about her thus far? We've heard some snippets. We've heard some features. You know, what are we going to get? Is she Megan? Is she Nikki? Is she Lil' Kim? Well, guess what? I'm feeling like she's basically none of that uh, within this Griselda framework. And there's nobody like Griselda out there, and there's no other woman in Griselda. So, you know, she, she's fixed in a lane of her own. What do you think about that? 
I think she... I think she both somehow proved me wrong. Not that I doubted her, but I think I was just like, I think it's going to take more time. So I think she proved me wrong in that sense, but she proved me right in that I think she's going to be very integral to what Griselda does moving forward and that she is of a high caliber of rapper. Yeah. And I was right. I think this project's awesome, dude. Um, I would say I feel vindicated in saying that, um, not that anybody disagreed with me, but uh, I, I felt correct in having said that she, as of right now, is really a, a vessel for just like the Griselda theme to play out uh, in this in this woman's perspective <clears throat> you know different kind of scams different kind of gang shit different kind of trapping different kind of getting it out of the mud you know like um, I think that was the idea with bringing her on board and I think that she I don't know how much you know she came into I don't know how much she came into this deal already being what she sounds like on this record, but like I feel like she's already been groomed into a really solid artist, uh, and this is just for, you know, it's it's a 25-minute project, so it's not the most extensive thing, but it is a wonderful like sampler platter of Armani Caesar. You get her on, I, I you get her on some of the harder beats. There are a couple beats in here in the middle that I didn't love. But I also thought they shelled out some of the, like, probably most expensive samples that they've used or most direct yeah. samples they've used in the past uh, for her. <clears throat> you don't just normally hear a straight-up vocal loop of, in this case, it was Redman and I forget what this Manny Moose freestyle original song is but they just use the original I know song. that's just the same beat um, so I thought that was cool that they did that um, I thought they provided for some very awesome moments because uh, we'll get to like what our favorite songs in here are but I thought Countdown was amazing beat very Griselda she comes on she's doing basically kind of what i you know you expect but uh based on the previous features but hearing the red man come in for the hook and that loop i knew the gloves were coming off for this album like they're not playing with us So yeah, um, that has to be one of my favorite moments. And Mac 10s for everybody with Westside, also one of my favorite moments. I said Manny Moves Freestyle was another one of my favorite moments. So do you have any other favorite moments besides that? I All, all of my favorite moments are different than those. I think, well, actually, I love the Westside. I love the Westside song. Uh, my actual honestly I like the whole thing the only tracks that I 
was like a little like whatever about I, I thought the first track was a weird opener I think it was just like too subdued to be like the opening track like the intro or you're talking the, about the Red Man track the first the first track after the intro oh okay word so it's not that it's bad I just felt like you could have put another one of these like I feel that's the thing it, they do this a lot of artists do this though where they wait to throw in features into like the middle of the album and then it's like the last half is most of the features if you had taken like the Conway or one of the Benny features and put them in the beginning mm. I think it's like whatever it's Griselda like that's not even really a feature that's just like family you know like but right. um, that being said that was the only thing I wasn't crazy about I think the West Side Gun was fire I thought the the first Benny song where they're like going tip for tat like back and forth yeah I thought that was actually I think like that's a high Benny's point for sure, too. Benny's not an easy too. guy. Benny's not an easy guy to, to hold up next to. And she did. I think she was better than that track. <laughs> right. The other rappers who are doing that are like Freddie Gibbs and the right. other <laughs> Griselda guys and exactly. Pusha T and Black Thought. <laughs> right. But he, but she she held her own. I think she even came out on top with the Benny, Benny song. I think the last... Uh, three tracks all in a row I really liked. They all had cool cool samples. A little bit more like that glittery alchemist type sample. Yeah, you're talking Palm Angels, Ginger Rothstein, and Mo- and Monty Moose Freestyle, which we yeah. were just listening to Ginger Rothstein, and I love that sparkling sample there in the background. Yeah. So those are all like I think that will be kind of her bread and butter. I think that like kind of pretty, but still hard. You know, like it's still hard. Um, but I think she's she's gonna be she's versatile. Like I think she's gonna be able to do the Nicki and Meg type songs. But I think her bread and butter will always be that like hard. Like, but still sounds like Buffalo. Still sounds like Griselda. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't know. Like, I already thought she was going to be a success. I, I never thought that she wasn't going to be like a really cool artist to watch for the next couple years, right. five years. Just as I think everyone in Griselda has like a lot. Of, the only, I, I've never been disappointed with anyone from Griselda. Really, I think like. There are a couple projects that don't really meet the standard, but overall, every artist that's in Griselda, you know, has something to bring to the table. Armani is, you know, individual enough from those guys in simply that she's the first female MC on Griselda. And so she already has kind of a leg up as far as like, oh, like I should watch out for her because she's different put that together with I think she's gonna be talented at kind of jumping hip-hop genres and being successful kind of wherever because she's a talented lyricist she's got a good voice she's got good demeanor she's hard but she's also you know like she's like Meg she's hard but she's also she like she has a really slick (laughs) aspect to her as well which I think is the main light switch that she goes from she can go to like hard and kind of like you know, to more charismatic, more slick, which is pretty West Side right. Gun. You know, like yeah, he kind of turns it up. It's just crazy, like, like the uh, the influence that you can kind of see in her, but also like, or the influences that she has on her that you can kind of pick apart, as well as just like 
She's just a talented rapper, so I don't really see where she could go wrong. Yeah, you. I agree with you that I thought this was like a surefire experiment. Like, yeah. this was going to work. Like, basically from the moment I saw they were announcing that they were going to sign her and who this was, I was... Yeah, I, I saw it playing out something like this. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really solid first little project. I really dig the theme of it. The album cover is incredible. Um, but, yeah, I love that it extends on the Griselda lore kind of a little bit. Uh, West Side Guns... Supreme Blind Tell is all is also kind of like the Chris Benoit album, um, right? And this album I think draws similarities in like a, a a pretty a pretty legendary wrestler that like died young. <clears throat> um, she's playing sort of the counterpart to Rach- Macho Man Randy Savage. And uh, I, I think that's supposed to be like West Side Gun, basically. It's cool, man. I love I love that they have not changed the fact that wrestling is central to the narrative right. of their rapping. I know I say rappers are NBA players, but rappers are also like wrestlers. Rap is also like WWE, especially nowadays, man. It's like everybody's got their own fucking shtick. Everybody's got their own identity. A lot of them are not super creative. Yeah. So, um, I thought that was cool that we had different like favorite moments on here. But here's the one that's going off is is the one you were talking about. Simply done with Benny the Butcher. So I'm looking at her. Um, I'm looking at her Spotify page right now. There's a couple things of note. This has like 83,000 streams today on Spotify versus all other songs having like 20. <clears throat> so this is this is a breakout, I guess. But I've been checking out the Armani Caesar page. I don't know when these additional albums went up. Like, you know, her original projects from 2018, 16, 11. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like either they they posted it with the release of this album or shortly there before then, because I don't remember hearing all of this or seeing all of this. I probably would have listened to some of Pretty Girls Get Played too. Caesar's Palace, Handbag Attic. Um, you can check out any one of those to get some more context on Armani Caesar right now today um pretty good album for me pretty good or really good for you it's it's pretty good like it's pretty good in the overall like among other albums but it's really good as you know with so much hype leading up to it I think it 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 met the hype you know ah yeah yeah like put it in terms of like Griselda and everything that they've done how we've <clears throat> pretty much been a fan of every you know 95% of everything they've done we've been a big fan of and then we we get a new artist 
We've been waiting for an album from them. We've got snippets that we, you know, we like but weren't crazy about. I think I, when all of it's said and done and we get this project, I'm looking at it like, like, I just am excited for whatever she does next. So in that in that sense, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, imagine making your first album and getting a Benny the Butcher, sorry, Benny the Butcher feature on a, on a DJ premiere beat. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's legendary, dude. Yeah, that's hip hop, for sure. Um, cool. Yeah, I think we got through our like whole slate of New Music Monday playlists. We basically just went down the playlist. We talked about Tia Corinne, talked about ARCs, we talked about Baby King, Saba, uh, Slow Tie. We made mention of him, Brent Fiaz, man. You fucking, you fucking beautiful <laughs> gutter angel, bro. Uh, keep doing you, bro. Uh, Alicia Keys. Rico Nasty, Young Nudie, uh, Currency, one of the greatest 50 rappers of all time, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he was a 504 boy. He was a 504 boy with Master P. Like, come on. <clears throat> he was dropping albums with The Alchemist with Freddie Gibbs features on it before any of y'all even, like, come <laughs> on. We got Blood Orange. We got Pink Seafood. Slossom Alone. Body. Pierre Bourne. Oh, no, no. Sorry. That's the intro song. Yeah, that was pretty much all the music we wanted to talk about this week. Um, I'm trying to remember what uh, obligatory of the week was this week. Let's look up obligatory. See what kind of heat these guys was dropping. Oh, we did uh, Six Nines Tattletales. Uh, sorry, it flopped again. 20.7% for Six Nine. Not a good album. Uh much better album in my opinion although a little overrated in my opinion here uh good am mac miller 79.7 percent almost overrated you you, what'd you say you like overrated overrated no i gave it a 7.9 it's exactly where i put it i think or i gave it a 7.8 or something put it right on the money well but it's not overrated that's like I feel like that's a really I think, high I think that's Max. I think that's probably my favorite Mac project other than like Magadelic. But I would say 75 or under. Personally, but whatever. Wait, what's um, your favorite Mac What's your favorite Mac project then? You're not a big Mac guy, are you? You know what? I'm a huge Mac guy, <laughs> but there's not really one whole album that I think is amazing because even the ones that I think have the most beautiful moments faces has songs in it that i don't really think are that great and i think that was a time in his life that was like really hard and some of those songs are like either hard to listen to or they just sound like somebody who's going through a lot of shit was really distracted at that time too um good am i thought was it's i would say it's actually up there it's one of his better like kind of redemption out like this was the first album I feel like that led to what we're hearing, what we have heard now from Mac Miller moving forward. I feel like this was a turning point for him. Um, so I would say this is one of the better ones. Um, but to be honest, like a whole album hasn't really hit me until I got to swimming. And that didn't really hit me until after he passed, which is kind of crazy. But, uh, <clears throat> All right. yep. 
Um, we also have done a future mixtape discography and album discography. Oh, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. The album discography is coming up. I'm not going to leak our shit. Uh, Monster is the best future mixtape. Of course it is. Uh, nobody would debate that. I would cool. debate that. Um, yeah, that's all we got for obligatory of the week. Hey, wait, what? What? I said I would debate that. Monster? Oh, you put yes. 56 Nights. Yes, I did. Because it's the best. Okay. I mean, that's not bad. Because 56 Nights has March Madness, right? Yeah. It does. Does it have coding crazy? <clears throat> it does. I believe. Okay. Well, then. I, I don't blame you. I'm a fact checker. 56 Nights is just like... I'm not even like... I'm not the biggest future guy. I'm like... I'll be the first to say it. I think future's great. He's a slime ball. Mm. whatever (laughs) but there are a couple moments for future in his career that i think are like i think monster is one of them that are just like indicative of like why he's so popular and most of those moments are his are his mixtapes but i think 56 nights is like if i had to just like desert island take one future project (laughs) with me I think 56 Nights is the most, inca- like, encapsulates Future the most. I fuck with that. I would love to listen to 56 Nights on a desert island. <laughs> like, and that's all I got. Turn it up by yourself. Yeah, I could, I could, I could go with that argument. Um, I am personally a fan of the Purple Rain mixtape. Um, Purple Rain's good. Beast Mode has uh, some songs that I love. It's not my favorite one, but... It's definitely Beast Mode's like, a little overrated for me. I don't think Beast Mode's as good as everyone thinks it is. Layup is a bucket uh, off of there. That's true. A That's layup always, is a bucket. I always <laughs> go for that. But um, yeah, when this when this album post comes up, we're going to talk about, like, of course, DS2. But you know what's going to... I'm just going to leak my own, like, part my number two. DS2 is my number one. Because DS2 is unfadable to me as, like, the best... Yeah future project two a little takey but i'm going with evil which was directly after uh, dirty sprite 2 like he, that was the next album he dropped after that i'd have to like go i don't remember that one. Oh man photocopy zanny family little hey she ba- little hey haiti baby uh <laughs> and fucking uh seven Bro. rings his and fucking track titles are so I know ridiculous yeah. <laughs> when you list them out like that. <laughs> I know, right? Zanny uh, family and little Haiti baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what it is, bro. Hold on, I'm looking them up right now. <laughs> yeah, photocopies fire. Seven rings is fire. Yeah, little Haiti baby. Um, in her mouth. All right, all right. That's enough future. I gotta go. All right, bro. Season five, episode seven. Peace. Pass me the sauce. I didn't change, I had to focus, yeah. Working on me. Oh, I had to get myself used. I do that. Keep the light, I go family matters. Why I work so hard, my family matters. I ain't get no sleep.
my family matters. Death do us part, yes. Look me in my eye, I love you to death. Look me in my eye, I want all your stress. Look me in my eye, it's straight out the chest. I love you to death. Fuck, I'ma have a flashback. Family matters, family matters. I ain't get no sleep, my family matters, family matters.